Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. I ask you every week. Hit subscribe on YouTube and turn on notifications and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to stay connected with you. Now we're kicking off December, a few days into the month already, and it's National Impaired Driving Prevention Month, which is something important that we talk about. And the perfect person to share her story, she's been doing it for years, and now she's the chair of a national nonprofit, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Heather Geronimus. She's sharing her story and an important message as we head into the holiday season. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want, it is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am so excited to be joined by a woman I met probably seven years ago now in when I was in a totally different role. She's in a, a similar but elevated <laughs> role and just trailblazing through the community. Heather Geronimus, I'm so excited to see you again. I am so excited to see you too. Even virtually, it's just always a delight to see you and learn from you. And, uh, and to, I'm very excited to be a part of this new venture of yours. Oh, thank you so much. So I'm over here going through the bio and you have a lot of credentials. So I'll let you tell everybody um, who you are and what you do. Sure. So um, by day and you know, for my day job, I am the director of corporate affairs and corporate social responsibility at UKG, which those of you in South Florida might know as Ultimate Software. During the pandemic, we merged with Kronos, a Lowell-based organization. Um, so we doubled in size and um, we are stronger than ever, just under a new name. So that's what I do for work and um, then of course I volunteer with a lot of organizations uh, and I serve as the board chair of Mothers Against Drunk Driving nationally which is definitely a big change from when I met you Tamika when I was the chair of Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash Fort Lauderdale something that I'm still working on um, but certainly now working with the organization at the national level to drive strategy fundraising and events um, on a much bigger scale and really most importantly to save lives. That's amazing. So how long have you been in the chair nationally? So I am in my first year as chair and it's my fifth year on the national board of directors and I'll serve another 14 months as chair and then um, go off into board retirement. <laughs> wow. Congratulations on all of that and just being a leader um, locally and now nationally. So I want to you know, dive into the work that you're doing there, but Obviously, talk about you and your story because you do have, you know, an impactful story as far as how you got to where you are and how you, first of all, got involved with MAD. Absolutely. It's really hard to believe, but it's almost 12 years uh, since my since my first involvement with MAD happened and um, that how, you know, not, maybe not my first involvement. I Everyone knows MAD from our, our amazing school programs preventing drunk driving, but I kind of thought 
that high school interaction might have been my last. And very unfortunately, it wasn't uh, because my father was killed by a drunk driver in January of 2009. He was crossing the street on Brickle and he was like three steps off of the sidewalk when he was struck and killed by a drunk driver that blew a red light and threw my father 75 feet and he died in the middle of a very busy street that many of us know if you're local to Miami. Um, you know, that night was the beginning of the most terrible time in my life. And, um, you know, what I didn't know then about Mothers Against Drunk Driving is that Mothers Against Drunk Driving supports victims 24 seven, 365 days a year with the support that you really, really don't know that you need until you become, you're on this side of the issue. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a whole host of things that come with uh, a death or a injury because of a violent crime, um, like crimes crime victims assistance fund and having to go to court and things that you don't normally experience when you have a death in the family, whether sudden or expected. So, um, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving was there to help me when really nobody else could um, because nobody I knew had ever experienced something like this before. So I had a victim advocate whose name was Nancy and she helped me with a lot of things. You know, just that first conversation was one thing, but also, um, you know, going to court seeing the person who killed my father, helping me um, give my victim testimonial to the judge when that person was in the room, um, preparing for media interviews when I walked out of the courtroom and there were all these cameras there, um, you know, all sorts of things that you are really just not the sort of thing that you want to be dealing with when you've lost your father. Um, and, you know, Nancy's time with me would have been, it would have been complete for Mad and for her had that been the end. Had she done all of that stuff for me and we never saw each other again or we, you know, saw each other once a year at a, a remembrance vigil. Uh, but I really, once I, I, I don't want to say recovered, but once I got to a better place with everything, I was struck by the fact that this organization was out there helping people uh, with no expectation of anything in return. And having grown up here, left here and come back after the death of my father, I was also struck by the fact that MAD didn't seem to be as prevalent as it was when I was younger. So I, I guess I made a very bold decision to change that. Um, and you know, one of the ways that I changed that was by starting this 5K fundraiser that where we met um, called Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the event is like 11 years old because we skipped the 10 year anniversary because of COVID, but we'll be revisiting it in April. And it's really not just a 5K. It's something that's created and like pushed this community conversation with sponsors, with media, with corporations, um, you know, raising the awareness about um, the dangers of drinking and driving year round um, and culminating on that day in April. I have a question about when this horrible accident um, happened and all of those things, right, that you had to face that, like, those are things we don't think about unless we're in that position, right? Like the victim advocate, uh, that just that first conversation after being in court and all those things you just mentioned. But yeah. how did you get connected with MAD, like, in those, in that time right after? Was it... Like, how did you know to even where to go? Was it that someone pointed you in that direction or you found them? How did that kind of happen? 
So in general, there are a lot of ways that people get connected with MAD. Often it's through the police officer who catches the case um, because we work very closely with traffic safety uh, professionals all over the country. And we're very connected with our DUI enforcement um, all over, which is the case here. And you know, I'm still very close to the, the woman um, who caught the case against the person who killed my father. Um, it wasn't that in my case, uh, my father was a pretty well-known physician here. So it was covered pretty widely in the news. So MAD reached out to me. And that's not uncommon, particularly with social media now. Um, you know, we know a lot about the DUI cases that are out there. So it's probably, you know, a lot of times we are doing outreach to see how we can offer support. And in my case, I actually did not return that phone call. I had a couple phone calls from Nancy and I was like handling it, um, you know, you know me i'm a pretty tough person yeah. it was tough so i thought i was handling it but you know i have a my uh my father was survived by his mother so i was kind of handling it for her and mm. handling it for my mother and you know one day i just really did not know where to turn and i returned these voicemails that for whatever reason i never deleted i never returned the call but i didn't delete the messages and i remember the car i was driving and the parking lot i i turned into to have the conversation i spoke to this woman for about an hour um but i do want to let your viewers know if anyone is in this situation and they don't feel like they can reach out um you know on a helpline which is available 24 7 which is 877 mad help um you we can we do have you know help on facebook we have help on chat um there are so many ways to to reach out to us um and we really try to um to respond as quickly as possible and it, it is um, such an unfortunate situation. We have trained victim advocates and many of them, not all of them, but many of them have gone through this themselves. It's not my special skill. Um, I don't really, you know, Nancy herself had a daughter who was killed by a drunk driver. And I really commend her for being able to talk about that every day and her, she made that her job. Um, I don't know if I could do it uh, because it is, you know, bringing up the pain, um, but it's it's really amazing what our victim advocates do, whether or not they have a personal impact or they've had, um, you know, a social work background. But we have a whole host of victim advocates all over the country, but then again, in off hours, you can connect with someone online or on the phone. And I could realize, you know, the importance of having that because having been on the other side and it's it's even difficult for me to talk about at times because i know like media gets a bad rap a lot of times but um you know and i will preface this by saying the reason that i reached out i'm so glad we get to talk is because december um is national impaired driving prevention month and i actually remember i want to say it was 2013 on christmas eve doing a drunk driving accident with two young um, young men. I, I think they were either in their late teens, or early 20s who were killed. And having to be in that situation as a reporter and have the family show up to the scene, like on one side, I'm doing my job and sharing the story. And then at the same time, kind of living it through their eyes and seeing them go through that, like initial moments of, of pain and hurt. And like that's forever burned in, in my mind and in, in my brain. And I obviously am only experiencing just a fraction of the hurt that that family is. Um, so I think it's a really important message to share, um, you know, kind of before we dive into maybe more of like the numbers and kind of where things are at in this year within the context of COVID. Um, you know, what is just your message, um, having gone through this to anybody who, still does drink and drive. 
so really there there's just no excuse <laughs> you know and it's the time but the the most important thing especially as we head into the holiday season no matter how you celebrate this year um is that you're the time to plan isn't once you've already gone out or to your friends wherever you're celebrating um if, even if you're celebrating on your own um the time to plan isn't when you've already had alcohol the time to plan is before so you know for me um you might i you know i enjoy um you know i enjoy drinks when i'm out but i i know ahead of time if that's going to be that kind of night and then i would i don't even take my car you know i would take right. a, you know, a car ride share or have a designated driver but the time to plan just like you make all the holiday plans like i think um you know my dad's crash happened in late january and it was right before his birthday so you think like a, a, a celebratory time now the holidays are like nothing's better than the holidays and particularly who needs it more than we do this year um but this is the deadliest time on our road uh between thanksgiving and new year's over a thousand people die because of drunk driving and it's but you've made all those other plans like the only thing that you have to think about is not just where you're having thanksgiving dinner but how you're getting there and how you're getting home um and but it's not you shouldn't think about it or leave that to chance no absolutely um a thousand deaths happen between you said thanksgiving and new year's yep. i read i believe this was on the mad website about in 2018 that 839 people died in alcohol-related crashes in December, but 108 of those were just between the two days of Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, um, being the two deadliest days for impaired driving accidents. I mean, that's a that's a huge number. This has been a different year for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, right now, I, I think we're here at the time of this recording, um, we're talking about Thanksgiving and we're hearing all of the Thanksgiving reports that they're saying, don't get together with families, stay at home, don't do large gatherings. We're seeing numbers on the rise. So what are you, are you seeing, anticipating that, yes, on the holidays, we are still, you know, drinking during this time of COVID, but are you seeing that people are still out and driving? or drinking and driving, like what does that look like this year since it's a totally different year? So you, it's counterintuitive. You would think that with the lockdowns that we went through and and people doing more, hopefully, to stay at home and keep themselves safe, that they wouldn't. That drunk driving would be on the decline. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing um, usually the drunk driving. Um, you know, the amount of deaths from drunk driving are about a third of traffic deaths, which, by the way, makes drunk driving the number one killer on our roadways. Um, out of all of the things that could happen on the road, drunk driving is consistently a third. And literally, with better decision making. Making, we could knock that out. We could take away those 10,000 plus deaths a year. But it's not declining because of COVID. It's not declining because of um, smaller gatherings. Uh, I almost think, um, you know, because we, we've seen a lot of reports in the media that alcohol sales are skyrocketing. You know, the combination of isolation and depression and increased drinking um, is, is very real. And people are still getting in their cars at some point. Do I know if it's to get more beer or to get a pack of cigs, if people are still doing that? Like, I, I really don't know what why it's happening, but I do know that right. I was 
in the liquor store in my neighborhood. And I overheard the salesperson saying, we're still delivering, like, don't try to come here for if you run out of supplies for your party. And I thought that was so interesting that even the liquor store is saying that, um, you know, so we are, we're really anticipating a holiday season just as bad, you know, the National Highway Transportation Safety Authority is, is anticipating the same or worse. So, you know, if we don't make behavior changes, really? or smarter planning, as we were talking about before, we'll see another thousand or more deaths in this country from drunk driving. And I mean, I, there's just so much bad with, with COVID um, and so many de unnecessary deaths already this year that it's just that, you know, I, I hope that people um, that hear this or see this will, will just think about it. Something st stands out in my mind. I remember years ago, I was watching like an Oprah interview and she had a guest on, I think whose, whose family member was killed by a drunk driver. And she said something to the effect of like, when it comes to drunk driving, like we want it, people want to do it. Mm, so it was an interesting, and like, I maybe I'm not quoting it properly, but you know, that something along the lines of people want that convenience, like of still wanting to have their drinks and, and, and go home or, you know, and this is probably before the days of, of ride sharing. But I guess my question is just, you know, with such high numbers, I, what did you say, 10,000 deaths mm -hmm. per year? I mean, why is it still happening when it's 100% preventable? There's some amount of ignorance that will not be fixed by a, and any, any amount of conversations that I have like this one that are public, I, I don't think that I can, I, I mean, I think it's, I know it's hundred percent preventable, but there are people, there are people with chronic alcoholism. There are people that aren't going to hear the message, uh, but there is just a certain amount of we've always done it this way. It's just two glasses of wine. It's, you know, there's a certain amount. It'll of like, never happen to me. It'll never happen to me. I never thought it would happen to me. You know, I, I wasn't, it was my dad. I would, you don't get you. The only way I could be closer is if, if it was actually me. I really never thought I would cross paths with drunk driving again after I saw the, the mad presentation in high school. So, you know, it, but the statistics are very real. I mean, one in three people will be impacted by a drunk driver. So we, we have over 300,000 folks in this country are injured so you know we talk about the deaths but then there's another 300,000 people that are injured each year and that could be anywhere you know along the spectrum of injury I um, mean you know, I met a young woman who's 23 years old who um, was on a on a jet ski and she was struck by a drunk boater and that was when she was in a teenager so she lives the rest of her life surgeries on her birthday she just had a surgery because she always has to have surgeries she's lost her one of her limbs and it will change her life forever so whether it's a death or a crash it's going to change your life forever like the generation that's in school right now um really gets the drunk driving message but what we're being asked to talk about more and more is drugs so there's still this very strange idea that people drive better when they're high, which is absolutely incorrect. Um, you know, it's a myth that has somehow perpetuated. Um, and that's what a lot of high schools want us to talk about. And I always say that at the very base level, um, you know, we're not drinking alcohol or doing whatever else we're doing. So legal prescription drugs, um, marijuana, where it's, where it's legal, you're not doing that to, to stay the same. You're doing it to heighten your awareness, to dull your pain, to do something to change your brain. 
So if you're changing your brain, it's pretty likely that you shouldn't be operating a motor vehicle. Um, So in this, in, you know, our community in, in South Florida, we have a big problem with, with pills because people will take prescription drugs, have some drinks, and then get in their car. So then you're just stacking issues. And it, and I don't think it's malicious. I think it's just this awareness piece where, and the, it'll never happen to me um, because there is this interesting set that I never really understood, but the more I get into the, uh, the world of drunk driving, the more it makes sense. People have gotten away with it. Like, mm. so the average drunk driver has driven drunk 80 times before they get caught. So the idea, so if you get home from the bar, once or 10 times or 80 times that mentality that you've talked about the it will never happen to me is i mean it, it won't happen to you it has right. with it so many times most of the time it's not happening on the first time that somebody is exactly. drinking and driving exactly and you know a lot of these crashes happen close to the home so it's the i can make it home mentality but i you know for I, as a person who's suffered the ultimate consequence of it i can say it's just easier not to you know just to take that take that out of the equation why even have the car right. um, you know that close so. to the home take a five dollar uber a ten dollar uber exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Anything else people should do or be aware of other than just, you know, making a plan, which is obviously important. Like when you're making your plan with your friends, your family, whatever it is you're going to do, make your transportation plan. Anything else that people should be aware of? Well, I think certainly what I just alluded to with the the smoking pot and driving, it's more and more legal or more and more people have medical licenses and I make no judgments. Uh, However, we have seen a recent NHTSA study showed that there's more and more cases of drunk driving that drunk driving that combine both alcohol and marijuana or more impaired drivers are being taken off the road that are testing positive for THC. Um, And it's the science isn't exact um, like it is like we know point no, wait, it, you're drunk. Um, with THC, it, go, it comes and goes in your system. Um, and it's just, it's just a risky game to play. Um, so it doesn't, it just doesn't seem worth it. Like I always think I have a dog, I don't have kids. So I always think about that, 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 you know, like, who are you, who are you leaving behind? So if you don't do it for yourself, um, you know, is it your mom or your grandma or your dog or your, your friends that you could be endangering your life or maybe theirs. Um, so hopefully, particularly around the holidays and in this year where we've already lost so much, um, really just thinking ahead and, and planning is so important. And I think just in general, you know, in, in general for for, you know, talking about health and, and happiness, I mean, there, you just have to think about like the full circle, not just the the one, the like quick hit of I'm going to have a couple drinks and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to chance it. Like that's just, it's just so not worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to know a little bit more about your work with MAD here, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, but also nationally. Um, We've been talking about COVID has obviously changed things with in-person events. Is there anything you guys have upcoming in 2021 that we can look forward to? Absolutely. So for now, we're doing almost everything virtually, of course. Um, we just had a really successful town hall for MAD, and we're going to be doing um, a candlelight vigil online. But, you know, in 2021, we will be coming back with the, it's still the 10th anniversary because we didn't have the 10th one last year, <laughs> the 10th annual Lock Like MAD and MAD Dash Fort Lauderdale, which is really, um, you know, obviously a big milestone for the organization. We've raised over $2.5 million in this community with that event. Mm-hmm. 
mean? You know? That's awesome. Um, and it's really just a huge milestone for for the community and, and the awareness that it's raised and the conversations that it started with you, with police, with you know the community, with community members, and with all of our, our partners. Um, so we'll be celebrating that on the last Sunday of April, April. 25th 2021 um hopefully completely in person but if not you know a hybrid of virtual and in person um i've you know we're watching all of the events that are unfolding uh, we know our partners at the dolphins cancer challenge are going to have a hybrid event so we're gonna we're gonna take their best practices and apply it for for mothers against drunk driving our victim impact panels which are they're they're court ordered. If you have, if a person is a drunk driving offender, they have to see a victim impact panel as part of their probation. And it is a big revenue generator for MAD. Um, but what's the most important part of that is that people are hearing stories like mine and understanding that there are real consequences. If they're in that room, they're not, they, the room when it's, when it's in person, if they're in that room, they, it's probably, it's a first offense and they probably didn't do jail time, um, but they need to know why not to do it again. Um, so those are happening online now um, and hopefully again in person. And, you know, really the biggest thing that we want to do is to be able to get back into our schools when, when schools are having assemblies um, to educate our youth because I think like as I said the drunk driving message has really got hit home with um, the younger generation and you know we need to keep hammering the drug driving message but so we do want to get back into schools and, and continue our really important education programs. I want to ask a little more of like a personal question since this show is all about health and happiness and I read in your bio that you are an avid athlete so just, you know, in general, what does in, within the context of this crazy year, I think all of us are taking a step back if we didn't before and kind of looking at our health and the importance of staying healthy. But what does really health mean to you and how does it play a role in your life? That's a great question. So as I, as a younger person, I was a ballet dancer. So I've always been extremely active and, um, you know, the last 20 years since I retired from um, from ballet due to an injury, I've always, um, you know, filled that void with really a lot of in-person classes. Like I love classes. <laughs> so going <laughs> off too. to the spring studio or the Pilates studio or the Legree studio. Um, and I really, when we went into lockdown and what, what was interesting is when all of that happened, I was on a crazy whirlwind of trips and meetings, you know, work things. And, and all of a sudden, like everything stopped. And I don't know why, but I remember sitting in my living room and saying like, okay, my, my, everything is closed. Like the spin studio is closed. The Pilates studio is closed, but I have to move every day. And I really didn't, at that point, I didn't know what it was going to be because I wasn't into like any of these online things. Cause I felt like I need that trainer and community interaction. Right. So mm -hmm. I tried all the apps like <laughs> i downloaded yeah. them all because they were all free then like peloton right. and everything which um, one was your fa what, favorite when we had access to them all <laughs> yeah so my favorite and i'm totally committed to this today still is called obey fitness it's amazing and it's very it's mm -hmm. very affordable it has a huge variety of classes and if you make your living room your gym like you actually, you have to do it because you just feel bad, right? So, um, <laughs> so I have, and I keep it on my calendar every day. Um, also, you know, just getting out and walking. I think, you know, I don't, as I mentioned, I don't have kids, but I, I a lot of my, um, my team at work have really like almost reconnected with their families uh, because we're, we're cooking together and we're spending more time together. Um, so for me, you know, I've always lived very healthy, but I was also so on the go that I wasn't, 
prioritizing as much of my health as I thought. So, you know, now um, through this last, um, gosh, six months or more, um, more, you know, get up every day, move, um, started intermittent fasting, you know, like whatever works for you. It's not my platform or my diet. It's just really prioritizing some time for yourself because I, you know, I sit in front of this computer for hours and hours on end. So even if it's just getting out and taking a little walk and giving your eyes a break, I'm not toned up to the fact that there's so much bad in this world, but there have been some some positive things that have come out of taking taking time to slow down um, and having the gratitude. And I think that's really important as we go into the holiday season and even just doing a little more, you know, for other people. When I think about, you know, how fortunate I am, we were talking about this, you know, to be able to live and work in my home that's, you know, lovely um, and not have to to be susceptible and go out and go to work in a place where I could potentially expose myself. Um, you know, it makes me go online and donate a few more meals, um, adopt a few more kids for the holidays. Um, so I think really just finding that gratitude for what you do have and maybe doing a little something more to help other people during this time is uh, the good key. Absolutely. I think that's kind of like the theme of even my conversation with you is just out of every negative and there are some really heavy things that happen in life that I feel like you are someone who's been able to turn those into positives and give back. Thank you. I, I do. I, um, I talk a lot about turning your passion into purpose. Um, and it's not it's not a Heather Geronimus thing, right? Like people have terrible things that happen to them, people yeah. that have family members with cancer or, you know, anything. And I and I come into contact because, um, you know, part of my responsibility at UKG is to help us fund all the nonprofits that we fund. I come in contact with so many remarkable people. But I think that the, the thing to think about is like when you're going through that hard time to figure out maybe how you could help someone else get past it when you're ready um and it is really powerful i think that's been the biggest part of helping me heal um which is you know a day-to-day thing sometimes it's harder and sometimes it's it's okay um but working towards a you know future of no more victims of drunk driving has been really positive as opposed to where i was when i first talked to nancy where i just had no real direction or or you know i couldn't figure out like what the next step was Would you say you are healed or is that, is that never really complete? Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in a great place, (laughs) um, but I think, uh, I, you know, thankfully I saw my mom, I I think anyone that loses a parent is it's, you know, you're never going to fill that, that void. And then some days when I introduce myself or when I tell when I say my father, Dr. Robert Geronimus was killed by a drunk driver. I just start crying and some days I can say it like I did today because it's a fact and it happened. So um, I think I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, every single person that come that I come into contact with every single person that tells me that they made a better decision because they heard me speak on a podcast or media interview or they came to walk like mad or the kids, Oh my God, the kids that come to walk like mad, um, that I've seen grow up. I mean, you think about somebody that was, that was a baby when I started this thing they're 10 um you know knowing that those children that the children of my friends will be leaders when it comes to telling their friends not to drink and drive it you know it fills my cup so absolutely you've turned you know you you have so many it's just like multiple purposes but you've really just turned what was a negative situation into helping and giving back and you know a beautiful purpose so I'm excited to see what's next as, you know, you are chair of board of directors for the national 
um, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. So tell everyone how they can learn more. Maybe they want to support or give or just connect on social. Um, tell everyone how they can find you. Absolutely. So for all the resources that MAD offers that I mentioned, you can visit www.mad.org. We actually just put our site live for Walk Like Mad um, and Mad Fort Lauderdale 2021. So you can visit walklikemad.org backslash Fort Lauderdale. Um, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Walk Like Mad and Mad Fort Lauderdale. You can find me. Um, I'm at H Geronimus on every social media platform. <laughs> uh, so if you want to be completely um, bombarded with ways to support the community <laughs> and pictures of my dog feel free to follow me and she gets back right away i tell you this woman is on it <laughs> thank you well it was such an honor to be for you to reach out it's you know particularly these conversations um you know it's nice to know that they resonate um so you and i met a long time uh, you know a while ago and for you to say um you were looking for someone to talk about this issue and i was the first person came to mind it was a big honor for me Oh, well, thank you. This has been a great conversation. And hopefully, you know, this message resonates with at least one person and maybe helps save one person from making the wrong decision this holiday season. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I just love Heather's energy. It's incredible to know that we actually met at the 5K in Fort Lauderdale for Mothers Against Drunk Driving seven years ago now. It's great to reconnect with her. The message is just as important today as it was seven years ago, 10 years before that, and so on. So remember, this holiday season, it's simple, don't drink and drive. We've had enough unnecessary loss this year. We don't want that to continue. So everyone stay safe during the holidays. Also find Heather's information below. She's great, learn more about her, her company, and of course, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And if you're here in South Florida, you can get involved for a socially distant safe event that's coming up to celebrate 10 years of their 5K in April. So all of that is linked below in the show notes and make sure you connect with me as well. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the places, but I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Hit subscribe on YouTube so you get notifications about this show each and every week. And I will see you back next week. But until then, stay happy, stay healthy.